when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. May 5th. Yeah. Episode 62 of Waypoint Radio. We are coming to you live from Lobby One. My voice is not all there, but I kind of like it. I like the gravity. You got a little more, uh, you know, a little... I got a little, uh, little body uh, to it. So, ah, you know, ah. I don't even have words for that. It's just... Uh. Just... Uh. That's yeah. Danielle Riendo, who ran here in the rain today. I did. In the pouring rain. It was fun. Got some Hi. weird looks. Also joining us, Patrick <laughs> Klepik. I got... I just dumped a whole thing of salsa into this coffee. And now I'm just sipping it. That's feel the, feel the season, baby. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. Drink that salsa. All about my salsa. You Delicious. know what I mean? Uh, Rob Zachney also probably offended as we are appropriating his culture. Yeah, pretty much. I think putting salsa on things is probably not the best way to celebrate your uh, – <laughs> to, to celebrate this holiday. This no, holiday. As an ignorant white person, it's all I know, Rob. <laughs> oh, God. You know mm-hmm. – California Republic. That's right. Good, good work. Now, yeah. now, in, about, now in about five minutes, uh, Patrick's going to start complaining about how his coffee's too spicy. Well, that's, that yeah. sounds right. He's going to start coughing. He's going to turn red in the face. He's going to come up and order that sauce at. He's going to say, "I want it spicy." But you and I know, Rob. We have to give it to him mild. Yeah, yeah. We know. This is very, we know how it's it is. very judgmental cast. Please. Yeah, Please. welcome to the judgmental cast. The judgment uh, cast. It today. is. It's, it's hey, listen. It has been a week of judgment. It's pilot week here. Yes. And we've been putting things out in the world to get judged. We've been saying, hey, we have all these good ideas, uh, but maybe in execution they're not as good as we think. But we're going to try. We're going to put that <laughs> stuff out our, there, our and we're going to get responses. That's right. And actually, so far the responses have been really positive. So if yeah. you haven't seen this yet, this week we've released four videos so far. Another fifth one coming today. Short form, little you know, one to four minute long videos um, that are in new ideas that we want to go either shoot some more of them or, or redirect our efforts to do something else. Uh, and those are available at youtube.com slash waypointvice. We're, we're seeing what works. We're throwing a little bit of spaghetti exactly. on the wall. You know, to appropriate my culture. Right. You throw some spaghetti on the wall, uh-huh. see if it, <laughs> see if some of it sticks, and then you know if it's al dente the or not. classic Italian-American uh, uh, practice why, of why throwing spaghetti. spaghetti. Because you, I mean, you, you, you only want to eat the sticky spaghetti. Yeah, it's true. You got to find out which spaghetti sticks. So and you then take you go, it the spaghetti off the wall and then the, – Yeah. I mean – That's how you know no, you, you, you leave it know. there and that is eventually how you decorate your kitchen. I can't believe uh, you didn't know this about Italian spaghetti culture. spaghetti kitchen is beautiful. It's, it's – people, people travel far and wide to, to visit the spaghetti mosaics. Do I need to put some some pasta in this coffee with the salsa? Yes, yeah. yes, you, you just do. Drop that in. That's how you 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 know sustain your life. Salsa is just marinara with cilantro on it, so <laughs> that's just science. That's- Oh, it's delicious science right there. I love it when I get mozzarella sticks and salsa. It's so oh, good. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, so that's like America on a tray. I it think really that'd be is. all right. <laughs> 
sticks into it. See? <laughs> I love mozzarella might, sticks, so you yeah. know I, you're halfway there. I, what we're dipping them in is sort of irrelevant. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, is talking about mozzarella sticks appropriating like white dude diner culture? I <laughs> like think TGI that Friday's yeah, TGI culture. Friday's culture. <laughs> my my people. My, my Here, people. I, hey, I'm I'm in the Midwest. This that that is that is my people. Yeah, I'm it. not here to drag TGI Friday's culture. I'm no. here to go to TGI Friday's. It's Friday. It today. is Friday. I could go for Thank some mozzarella God. sticks. Uh, I haven't had mozzarella sticks in a while. I really They're like They're pretty good. Sticks. What are the, like, a human idea mozzarella sticks are? <laughs> like, you know what's good? Cheese. You know what else is good? Frying shit. Put that cheese in a fryer. Put some bread on it. Then dunk that in some other shit you like. It's a pretty human idea. It's, it's, like, it's, it's literally like idea. someone like kind of wanted a pizza, but they were several steps away from being able to make a pizza, and they were like, "Wait, <laughs> yeah. wait!" When you boil it down, let's get let's just let's get reductive about the when pizza experience. <laughs> yeah, someone in, someone had a party where they invited a bunch of people over, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna have so much pizza," and they just did not prep for it at all. Like, all right. What do I have? Okay, got some mozzarella. <laughs> Austin, I have some Austin, don't don't oh, scream into the don't scream into your mic. Austin don't just scream in your through mic. the wall. Just <laughs> I have, to be fair, I have three different microphones. I have no it's idea true. which one He's you're hearing. Sure. So, Whatever one it is, don't scream into it. <laughs> his, his peaks are somewhere up in the Himalayas. They have not been seen for weeks. <laughs> Speaking of uh, being high up in the sky, oh, I like knew that's where we were going. I spent some time in space, a low okay. Earth orbit, recently because Prey came out yesterday. Oh shit! And uh, and that has some space stuff in it. There's some spacey things that's... you might say. So so we're gonna start off with like no spoilers. Yeah, like absolutely keep no the spoilers. spoilers. Super low. And altogether. then and then like extremely mild spoilers. Yeah, probably. Who else has played this game at all? I've played I, it. Yeah, yeah, I played about. I played two hours this morning. I thought you were going to say you beat it, Patrick. And I almost <laughs> like, Me too. What sort of weird Bethesda connect do you have? Because this is the <laughs> third <laughs> time. Or, or he's just that, that good. Not, he's just he speed ran it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is the one of the third. This is the third game that Bethesda sent out with like no heads up review time. Their new like. The new world Fuck order. the press system, <laughs> yeah. um, which whatever. Uh, uh, but we all put a couple of hours into it. I have, I have yep. six hours in it now. Okay. So I'm a little bit further in. What are your first impressions so far? And Rob, think about some questions you have about this game. I know oh, you are a fan of the immersive sim, <laughs> of the, the Bioshock-esque game, of the system shock-like. Or the thief-like. Yeah, That's the other side. The, the looking glass, uh, there we go. Uh, et cetera. The 0451 is a code in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, world. So, yeah, I just, let's open up on just impressions broadly. Patrick, Danielle, what do you, what do you so think? So, I played the demo and I loved the demo. I played it a few months ago, you know, at an event or whatever, and mm-hmm. it was really fun. It really was. It did feel like Bioshock in space. I know that's the sort of tagline everybody's using, but it, it felt like that in a lot of good ways, and it felt like a modern version of that. You know, it, it actually felt like the combat was streamlined in a lot of ways, that it was okay. very fun to interact with, and it had a very, very clear vision for sort of how the three paths through the world kind of look like. There's a scientist who does a lot of research and has special weapons. There's an engineer who does a lot of hacking and sort of fixes things, you know, fixes turrets to do combat for you. Mm-hmm. And I think the last one is security, which is like the soldier build, yeah. basically. Um, so, yeah. And these are like trees in that. They're trees. Oh, it's, you this can is take the System Shock 2 yeah. thing, where it's like you're one of exactly. these three flavors of... No, you're not well, picking one or the other. You're the, you have all the trees open. Okay. Yeah, you, you can pick and points. choose. You can pick and choose. Yeah. But like, it's, it's like generally three builds, three main paths kind of through any given scenario that sort of thing uh so i loved that 
and I started playing it the other day, and there's a crucial difference. I won't go into exactly uh, how it is, because we're not talking about anything super spoilery right now, but I will say there is one crucial difference that is making things difficult. So the game is harder than I thought it would be. I think the thing you're talking about what... is not a spoiler. Okay, okay, cool. There was a shotgun right at the beginning in the <laughs> in the demo. In the demo. Yeah. And that made combat actually really fun. You're not super powered, I don't think, at any point in this game, unless I suppose you go all the way with the soldier build or, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, yeah. it was really fun to fight enemies because there were a lot of uh, ways to fight them, and that was exciting and cool. Right, like doing things like and using a shotgun I can, I just to die all the time. blow up like exactly. oil to, barrels to, or like to blow up a thing that causes an explosion. Right, you that feel... sets the oil on the ground on fire yes. and like sets all. Yeah, of course. Like without that, combat is at least early on. I'm probably about two hours in, maybe two and a half hours in myself. Uh, combat is really treacherous and not super fun without yeah. something that ease, explodes. Is it these mandatory? Games are uh, yes. Yeah. The, the yeah. The comment is there's yeah, not is, really is any in your stealth. Face. But uh, it, this there's something very clever this game does. Um, so if you've played a lot of these games before, you like you're very familiar, especially if you play on the PC, like with the quick save, quick load culture, which is that like it, these are the types of games where like you encounter a room, you quick save, you kind of take your attempt at it, and depending how it goes, you either live with it or you you quick load. Like I play all Deus Ex and all these Dishonored, all mm-hmm. these types of games, loading and saving, loading and saving. Um, I, I'm playing uh, with a controller, and one of the smart things this game does, recognizing that like quick save, yeah. quick load is a thing, is that one, save and load are different than quick save and quick load, which is like the game yes. acknowledging that like like the players play these types of games differently, and uh, crucially, um, quick save is the first is the top of mind menu option when you pause the game. So in a lot of games, quick to get to a save, uh, you know, on a keyboard, it's one thing. I can hit F6, F7 is usually what they map that to, I think. But uh, in a controller, you're usually like hitting a start, you know, hitting pause, then you're navigating a save, then you're saving. In yeah. uh, Prey, you hit pause, save is right there. So you just have to hit pause, hit A, and then you, it puts you right back into the game. Like it is incredibly smart and efficient about how it re- recognizing that, especially early on, like you're going to die a lot. You're going to want to like re- kind of like uh, massage your way through different rooms. And so I think like liberal use of quick save and quick load and also the game like recognizing that you're going to be doing that is a, one of like several like sort of smart UI choices this mm-hmm. game makes that recognizes sort of like the, the the way players have historically engaged with these games and tries to create a, a, an interface that actually reflects it. Totally. I, I mean, I think that that's the reason you do a, a hard save in a game like this is like, all right. I'm about to go into a whole new area or like I just finished an area. I'm happy with my performance and it save. Whereas you do that quick save where you're like, all right, there's going to be some bullshit in this next room. I know it. <laughs> Let me do a quick save and just like peek my help. Oh, seven enemies. Cool. Dead. Or like I've killed them all, but I used three of my med packs and a yes, ton of ammo. Exactly. Right. I'm not happy with how that went. I could have done that better. Hit that quick load button. What's the other way? Could have I trapped them? Could I have done – could I have used a different weapon that they're weak against? Something like that. Um, and I will say that. That, like to your point, Danielle. So again, I'm like six hours in, hmm. and I didn't get a shotgun, which is so. So you start off with like a, a weapon that sort of. Um I'm not going to tell you what it does specifically, but it, it, it sort of uh, uh, helps you keep control of enemies. It doesn't do damage to them. It just kind of prevents them from hurting you. Yes. And then you could like run up and hit them um, uh, or shoot them with another gun or something. And then you also get a pistol and you have a wrench because it's one of these. And uh, that stuff means that for the early game, like you're constantly in danger. Um, and getting a shotgun definitely felt like, oh, like I can deal with real enemies now. 
and you're able to get ammo pretty pretty much all the time. Like I'm not I've not had a problem with ammo now that I have the shotgun, now that I have a pistol. I have like 115 bullets in the pistol or something. And the thing I'll say is that moment this is one of those things where I'm very curious about how I'm going to feel about all of this when the game comes to a, comes to a close, the, the notion of the pacing of it, because I was right there with you for the opening five hours of the game where I'm like, I fucking want a shotgun so bad. Yeah. Or I want special abilities or I want – Or the ability to actually do stealth or something right, totally. else. I just, I just keep getting creamed. Like it's, right, uh, right. Totally. And, yeah. and I don't think that the combat without that stuff is very fun. Like I, there's yeah. a lot of enemies that skitter around on the floor and they like hit them and they're hard to line up the attacks yeah. uh, or like you're, it's hard to aim, aim the gun and get shots off on them um and so like to some degree i was like oh i'm having i'm really frustrated by this and then you get that great moment of like oh i'm less frustrated now i've i've leveled up enough i've gotten the right equipment and the other thing is it's rare when i'm playing a game like this that i actually don't just immediately put all of my points into hacking sure and then repair and then like talk whatever the thing is that can open up more possibilities in the narrative space for me is what i normally put all my points in this time i came this time I put points into repair early because one of the things that you find is things that are in the environment that can hurt you if you don't repair them. Yeah. And there were a number of times I was just like standing near a, a computer trying to like hack it or whatever and there was a broken electrical conduit and just like zap, 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 you're dead. And like, well, <laughs> fuck. Like I guess I'll put points into repair so I don't get zapped to death. God damn. And it's the yeah. first time I've ever played one of these games where I've even considered put a, putting points into that more HP early on in the game instead of putting it into the utility powers because they wanted it feels like they wanted combat to feel difficult and stressful and and like really dangerous yeah. so I appreciate and, I, I, that. and i like all that like i I, yeah. I i i'm you know i really enjoy how sort of blunt the game is up front with pushing back on the player and like specifically because of the way like the the, the creatures work right like so like the the main enemy you first find is something called a, a mimic, and it mm-hmm. can mimic any object in the environment. And they're like these little skittish spider things. It's what you've seen in the trailer. Like it's like of what they've shown to the game. Like this is like the main enemy type that you're you're intimately familiar with up front. Um, and I like that stress is like what I love that about the game. Like yeah. I love that you see like. Uh, uh, a spy, you know, one of these uh, mimics like skitter around. You get one hit off, it runs away. Like the the enemies, like don't stick around necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're smart. The, at least the mimic class, like they they will come in, get a hit on you, or you'll get a hit on it, and then it goes and becomes like a coffee cup. And yep. uh, you <laughs> have to, you yeah, it can become any yep. object. Like in the environment, it can it can map to any Wait, object so around. So it's not like mimic class objects where it's like okay, no, no, just no, look no, for no. like a person sized thing. It can literally no. be like any model. Yeah, totally. Yep. Often it will be on a model it's of cool. something else nearby. So it'll be like, oh, there are two coffee cups on that table. When I came in, I was pretty sure there was only one <laughs> coffee cup. Yep. And then you do the thing of like, I guess I'll just shoot my weird gun at this thing and hope that it's a mimic and I'm not wasting ammo. But also, I hope my gun doesn't make noise and attract some other bigger enemy to come fuck me up. Um, and that stuff is really cool so far. It also makes you afraid of toilet paper. Yep. I have been terrified of toilet paper in this game. I go into the bathroom and I'm like, alright. Uh-huh. Is that toilet paper? I see you toilet like, paper. Like, like <laughs> nudging at it? Like, yeah. are, are, you toil- are you really toilet paper? Well, and sometimes they'll like bounce around a little bit but also sometimes things just fall because you're in a space that can get kind of turbulent sometimes. Yeah. So it's like, oh, something fell off that shelf. And like, no, no, that was just, it's just a toilet paper. Is, Everything's fine. Is ammo a concern? Because like, if this is a zombie game, right? You hit that point where you shoot every single like corpse object in the game just to make sure it's not going to wake up and go like, Bleh. So are you just like, able to unload on models in this game? I've never run out. Again, I 
again, later on in the game, you get into a situation where you can replicate things. You can you get um, kind of blueprints to make things, and then you also break stuff in the environment down into recycled kind of pure components. Oh, that's, that stuff is so – okay, so these games are obsessed with the player yep. searching and cl- – so there are, are two things that this game does that I think are really smart and interesting. One is that the mimic enemy um, is is like – specifically engineered to interact with this idea of these these types of games where the player is going to look at everything. The player is going to every drawer. The player is going to go under uh, every desk. Like, they are constantly searching at things. And so this this enemy design, which you are not alert, like, if you know where it is, like, there's no, like, indicator going off. Like, you have to discover or the enemy has to uncover itself. And so the sheer act of exploring is given tension because there is an, an enemy type that can be hiding in any place in the environment that interacts with the very thing that you're doing all the time, which is scavenging through everything. So, like, one, I think that is incredibly smart because it adds tension to, like, a very mundane but, like, like a part of the game that you're going to be doing a lot. Um, and and um, equally, like often you're collecting junk and you just don't know what to do with it. Like these games will populate junk that is just junk to be like you open a trash and it's like, ah, there's a banana in there. And it's like, yeah. there's the nothing trash you can't declare. Yeah. You yeah. can't, there's nothing yeah. you can do with that. Um, and this game says, well, okay, we're going to do something with this junk. And so it's the future. And so they can come up with, you know, they can just wave a magic wand. And so in this game, you know, you collect, there, there are things you can use. There are, like, uh, classes of items you can eat and, and, and things like that. But then there is just straight-up junk. And junk can be broken down in what's called a recycler. And so you collect this junk. Like, so there's a reason. There's, like, reasons for you to explore, like, for narrative purposes. And there's reasons for you to collect junk that you can then take to a recycler, which breaks down a component. And then you can map those to blueprints that allow you to get med kits and ammo um, and, and other and other things. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's just so elegant and clearly, like takes into account, like, the last 20, like, you know, starting with Deus Ex and where we are now. Like, it just so smartly thinks about all the cruff that is usually in a lot of these games and finds, like, really smart and elegant sort of solutions and, and ideas to, to play with that. Like, it just it is clearly a game that was, like, made by a bunch of people that love these types of games and have thought about, like, the little quirks that have come up in the genre over the years and, like, tries to come up with creative solutions and ideas to play with. Totally. I, and, it, and so so because of that system, I'm in a point now where I'm not having any trouble with ammo um, because while there is combat, it's also not that often and it's, it is often the case that I'm able to go into combat and be very efficient about how I'm going to take on an enemy. Making sure I, you know, mostly do my damage with the wrench, which I have. The wrench isn't going to break down, you know, um, or where I'm able to replicate enough ammo when I know I'm going to go into a hard system or a hard, a hard uh, uh, fight or something like yeah. that. I, so far, I've never been at the point where I'm like, counting bullets, uh, which is fine because it wants to be that sort of game. It wants to be more like a Bioshock than like a uh, like a Dishonored or something where yeah. like I'm not going in guns in, – in Dishonored, I'm rarely going in guns blazing. Uh, whereas here, it's like, no, this is a game like it's time to fight. It's time to fight, uh, which which mostly works, I think. Um, I, I, I will yeah. say that I'm excited for you guys to get a little bit further in because your relationship with the enemies in the game definitely changes in a pretty dramatic and interesting way. Um, and and you get – you unlock more abilities and more like core abilities into like what the loop, the main kind of central – gameplay loop is in terms of what you do in each encounter and as you move into each room what's going on and that's really cool like i like the the changes that that come up we'll talk about more of those next week probably like i don't want to get into those quite yet what i do want to say go ahead rob well i just real quick and i apologize if you guys already said this what systems is everyone playing this on i'm on ps4 ps4 i'm on pc they said said ps4 and, and, and i will say uh 
they, you know, there was a point of contention in the in the lead up to Prey being released in that they put out a demo on Xbox One and PS4, and they're, you know, the way Bethesda and Arcane tried to spin it was like, oh, well, Steam has, you know, a refund function, um, so that's like our version of a demo. Like, you know, reading between the lines, I'm pretty sure what they're actually doing is that Dishonored 2 had a pretty mediocre PC version and that was fixed in like that was mostly fixed a couple of weeks after and my guess is right. what they were doing was like we're not going to spend the time to build a demo we're going to spend that time optimizing the pc version um yeah. and so uh, crucially uh, the pc version runs like really really well um you know i get a solid 60 frames a second was which was not my experience on designer right. 2 at all that like hitched and got all over the place Two, they also use a different engine. Like, uh, Prey uses the, the Cry engine, so like the, the, the oh, Mantic engine. Oh, is it? Um, okay. Whereas Dishonored uses a, a modified id tech engine called the Void engine that just has, please ditch that for Dishonored 3. Like, I'm telling <laughs> you, it, it's a bad engine. Um, and uh, so, yeah, like the PC version, like, run, like you know, on my GTX 970, I have like a f- fairly middle-of-the-road uh, machine, and it looks gorgeous, runs really well, and doesn't have any sort of like the performance issues I encountered in Dishonored 2. I am just really curious, because Austin, you said you were having trouble sort of landing the shots on the skittering little creatures. Yeah, uh, because because I'm playing with a, with a controller. Yeah, I mean, that's fast, like, you know? I'm wondering if it's a little hard. Like, Patrick, were you, have, were you struggling at all with, with the with the early combat, or does it feel like it's really a different game if you're playing it with that mouse and keyboard? Uh, yeah, I've tried. I've used both so far, and I, I think it's more to do with just the enemy type is meant to be like it's a skittish enemy type. Like you're meant to miss your shots. Like this glue gun that you have that sort of freezes them, and then also you know you can use to like essentially build rocks in the environment so you can like scale and explore. Um, it's sort of like like you know Dishonored tried to come up with a interesting creative way of. Like when you play these types of games, like I want to go see what's up on that shelf, and like yeah. normally it's like, all right, well I gotta like I guess jump over there, and so like in Dishonored, like Move they have boxes, blink, yeah, you know, you blink so you can just like I just want to get there. Like that's our creative solution for this. Like you have this gun that freezes enemies, but also can be used to like, hey, I want to get up and see like, is there something? Maybe there's a window I can crawl through, and it's like, well, maybe there, you know, maybe you can go find a key card, or you could just sit here and like create these blocks that you can climb on and, yeah. and crawl through. And also it's like all these little creative, you know. You can – there are uh, – like one of the ways I, I deal with some of the early like larger enemy types because I don't have a gun yet, you know, is like you can grab these explosive canisters and throw it at them. Well, by doing that, you may also like bust open some pipes um, and those pipes yeah. can then be sort of like uh, – you can uh, uh, you can block – you can literally just shoot them with this glue gun and then it, you know, freezes up the area and then you can get through. Um, it's just – yeah, I don't know. I'm really impressed so far in the first two hours of this game. I say it is – all I don't know what I was hoping for because I've specifically avoided a lot of coverage of this game because right. it was like I saw the trailer and I was like, "Yep, this is like this is my game. Like I don't need to see anything else. If I have to do it for work, then fine, I will <laughs> I will do it." But I've successfully avoided seeing anything because I knew this is the game. Like I wanted to come in as cold as possible, and, and so far I'm 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 really enjoying it. I think that's wise, honestly, and I think it's some of my frustration with the game stems from actually having played like an right. early demo that actually had c- certain things unlocked and certain, you know. So going in now, I'm like, oh, I want to, you know, start from there and go. And instead, it's like, oh, some certain things. Got to replay taken through this stuff, and exactly. also you're not as Powerful. enabled as you were before, right? Exactly. Totally. But I, I, I just briefly, uh, I know I'm going to like this game unless it like tank somewhere because again the kind of story the kind of you know looking at people's emails and hacking the computers and kind of taking in those those you know kind of incidental story details that's my jam i i love that sort of thing and this is definitely full of that sort of thing i'm enjoying that aspect and i know that will carry me through 
I'm very curious for me. Like I, so the thing I really like about this, again, without getting into specifics, especially about the start of the game, is like just think about like the mimic enemies, right? <clears throat> the way that they're able to appear like coffee cups. Coffee cups. That sense of like you can't trust what you see is built into the game very early through the characters you meet. Um, it it is a game that knows it comes after Bioshock, right? Cameron Kunzelman, who's written for us before, uh, and and Brendan Keogh are, are two critics who've written a lot about the post Bioshock game, like what it means to write a game post Bioshock. Not a shock like game. Not not games like Bioshock. Oh no, no games okay, that exist in reference in the world to after that. Bioshock. Gotcha. Uh, Brendan Keogh writes about this in Killing Is Harmless, his book about Spec Ops: The Line. In a world in which we talk about games that are about player agency, and if you read Bioshock as a criticism of players who commit to doing kind of shitty things even after they know that they're like even they just kind of follow the linear path of the game because the game says they should go do a terrible thing they're going to go do a terrible thing um this game immediately very clearly knows that it's it's going to be played by players who are skeptical yeah um and instead of trying to say oh no you can trust us trust me you can trust us and instead goes yeah motherfucker you can't trust shit and like <laughs> I am really interested in how that continues to play out uh, in terms of the characters that you meet in terms of you know you think about Bioshock 1 and like oh okay you meet Atlas you meet you meet a few other key characters Fontaine, Tenenbaum Fontaine yeah, yeah. and you're like okay well I think I kind of know which of these characters I can trust six hours in I'm still not sure who I can trust in Prey <laughs> which is a good feeling Excellent. in fact I don't trust anybody I don't trust anybody I don't trust me yeah like at all. So that is – I'm happy that they're going that route as a way of addressing that instead of trying to do the other thing of really trying to play it, play it up that one character is someone who could really trust. You know, you know um, what I don't, I don't trust is a future where, yes, you get these amazing mods that you know can let you do amazing things. But why does it have to put a needle in your eye? In your like, fucking eye. Like why, why can't we live in a future where like, hey, we got these space stations. Like maybe don't put a – fucking needle in my Don't eye. Because you would need a drill otherwise. Hey. That's a soft thing that you can go through. Otherwise, you gotta drill stuff, Drill man. my brain. Go for it. All you right. know what? Give me the thing. Put All it right. in the back of my fucking brain. Don't go through my eye. You wanna know. I don't want to know anymore. Okay. <laughs> also, um, gotcha. like to, to to give this game uh, how it is aware of like the the faults in these types of genres. Like this game does have you know uh, uh, you don't you don't necessarily, you don't find uh, voice clips, but you. Uh, uh, thank you, Austin. <laughs> the guilty look that Austin gave the gave the monitor. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I hope nobody notices this. Am I? Am I? Are you guys? Are you guys getting this? <laughs> I muted myself. Off Listen. camera. Uh, you 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 will you you know you'll uh, like hack into a computer or open someone's emails and like you can download you know these you know these these voice clips that you can listen to that give you some insight into you know what was happening on this space station you know before you sort of enter the picture. Um, but one. Uh, you can when you go into you're spending a lot of time in your inventory and in your inventory uh, the voiceovers continue in yes. there so like the yes. like you can be walking around managing your inventory like you can be the game is conscious of the fact that like like I hate you know I I hate games that like you have to sit here and listen to this clip in front of this thing that you hit play on and if you walk away the sound's gonna go away if you go into a menu it's gonna go away it's like I don't mind that as a as a narrative device I can get over the the hokiness of it but like don't. Like, like, don't stop me from being able to enjoy and play your game. Like, Horizon Zero Dawn was terrible yes, at this. Like, yes. like, there would be moments in Horizon Zero Dawn uh, where you, you were spending 
30 minutes in a room getting getting info dumps about the story and like I enjoy the story but like the way it's presented is like very frustrating for the player and what they want to do and engage with the world and, and especially that game where there was other stuff I could have been going to do in yes. the open world yeah. that was mindless just let me say do the Metal Gear thing Metal Gear Solid 5 thing I'm just like okay give me the list I can hit play on them and then go do my own yes. shit while yes. it's playing in the background I need like please Ugh. anyway um, uh, the other thing that they do on that stuff is often it's dialogue. It's not an audio log of a person yes. talking to themselves. Yeah. It's almost always just like a conversation that you're overhearing, a phone natural. call, which is more natural yeah. and also just like helps with characterization. Like what a person thinks to themselves and would say out loud is not as interesting to me as a group of three people debating some future technology and the the chance that it has to go wrong versus what possible positive applications there are, right? Um, I will say two other things or a couple other things before we move on, which is like one, I have hit some bugs. Um, I think they're bugs. Okay, I've hit things that I know are bugs, which are things (laughs) like – uh, things about like the basic combat or like getting clipped into a wall or getting mm-hmm. stuck or whatever. I've heard things that I think are bugs but don't know. Um, there was a, a side mission that <laughs> I'm doing. Can't trust it. Right. You, well, you can't trust anything. Can't trust that code. Clearly. There's a side mission that was like you got to get in this room. You got to – it was like you have to go do this whole thing. But one part of the side mission, one tiny part was you got to get in this room. And – I was like, I don't know how the fuck to get in this room. Or like, actually, it's like, okay, I see one way I could get in the room. I need to go back to a 3D printer and print myself out this thing that would get me into the room, basically, through this side entrance. Okay. Um, and I knew I could do that. But it then popped up. I was like, oh, uh, if you're stuck on an objective, we'll give you a hint. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go into the menu. I went into the menu, clicked on the objective thing, and it was like, oh, there's a uh, an engineering robot. If you notice, the engineering robot is going around and it's cleaning every room. It opens even locked doors. Oh. I'm like, oh, shit, cool. Like, this engineering robot's going to open this door for me. Nah. <laughs> it just did its – I watched it do its loop for 20 minutes straight, and it did not open that door for me. It, it would go up to the room. It would be like – no, and turn and go. I was like, maybe I'm standing in the wrong place. I maybe I'm too close to the door. I'll go somewhere else. I'll Do watch you have it from to a different level. Interact with the robot. I tried talking to the mm. robot, Patrick. That's how the medical me. robot works. So I was trying to. I promise, I tried to interact with the robot. This is the robot that lets you repair your suit because you have yeah. HP and then you. Have- when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Suit damage yeah, also, yeah. and so this was that one, and it was like, no, your suit's good, dude. And I was like, please open the morgue door. I got to get in there. There's a body <laughs> in there that has some sort of key card on it. Um, I, but but to the credit of the game, I then spent the next 15 minutes being like, all right, is there a way I can get in here that is different? And there was. I figured it out, and I ended up I ended up hitting a button on the inside with an object. Oh, neat. Um, and if I and if I had gone down a different tree of a different thing, I could have hacked my way in or. There are special abilities that they've shown off in the in the demos and stuff like that in the in the trailers in which you can move through spaces in interesting ways. Is all I'll yes. say. Um, and that stuff all seems cool. Uh, so that's that stuff is that stuff is is even when it's bugged out. I'm always happy when there is a situation where I can find an alternate solution. There was another thing though that uh, we'll talk about it in the future. But there was a there was an email thing that was like very clearly setting up 
a puzzle and a solution that I found. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I got it. I'm going to take this coffee cup somewhere in the world and put it somewhere. I, I don't think that's true. I think that was just a complete red herring. I spent 30 minutes carrying around a coffee cup oh, through I the environment looking to put it somewhere. So yes. there's, there's a thread running through Austin's complaints with the game, which is that when Austin thinks he's figured something out, and there's a possibility he hasn't, and he might have it wrong... <laughs> That's yeah. bullshit. Austin definitely solved that well, puzzle. Well, no. The thing where it fucking popped up a hint, Rob, and it said, oh, That's the way you do bad. this is follow the goddamn engineering drone, and then it doesn't do the thing. That's not on me. That's so the, the other, game commenting have, on trust. I have another you can't reason trust believe, the game. I, I do have another reason to believe it was bugged out, which is there was a, a thing on the wall that said, oh, there are two engineering drones out in the wild right now. Like, no, there's one. I think one of them just despawned or never spawned in. It's stuck in a wall somewhere. It's stuck in a wall somewhere or something. Like, Convenient. okay. Convenient excuse. Well, and yeah. I tried to destroy the one, the drone that was there, and go back and reprint it or whatever. And as soon as I destroyed it, it was like, no, there, you can't. There's it, The whole screen went blank on the engineering drone machine. So, what I'm saying is some of the clarity on that stuff could be better and I'm hoping that these are like rare exceptions because the worst thing for me in games like this – like Deus Ex, uh, Human or, uh, uh, Mankind Divided, that's yep. the most latest one, one. Yeah. had a number of quests like this where, oh, no, this is a dead end. Something just didn't generate right for me. An NPC isn't where they're supposed to be. A key card – I look it up on the internet and the key card just didn't spawn in for me where it's supposed to spawn in. And when that happens, it's like, oh, the whole reason I love these games is because – I'm able to f- – because the solutions that, that you can find are really interesting and cool. And uh, every once in a while you hit a, a quest that has one solution and when that one thing fails, you really feel it in a game like this. So Until I talked to you about it, I for real thought that's what happened with the shotgun. Right. Because it was there in the demo right. or the demo I played anyway, that right. version. I was like – I kept going back to the guy where it was in the demo, and I was like, no, maybe it just, it's in the wall, it's under the couch, like no. something happened with it until I talked to you, and you're like, no, actually. No, I'm four hours in, no, de- no shotgun. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, and then the other, so the other bigger thing for me is I'm very curious about the story still. Like, I went to sleep last night at hour four, kind of down on the story. Mm-hmm. I like sci fi stories, I like mega corporations. I like stories about mega corporations. Mm-hmm. Let me be clear. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, I like this sort of sci-fi a lot, but and I like some of the stuff that they're playing with in the margins a lot about the history of this place. Well, so that's I mean that's the thing is like often it, what these these games can fall into a trap of is that the story being told is far less interesting than the stories yes. being told and like the the lore stuff that you find right. So like I'm curious if the game is going like there's uh, an email I found. So you know in this future like there's this you know this this company has created these things called neuromods that you know essentially like hey do you want to become a mathematician, like, bzz, like now you're a genius mm-hmm. at math. Um, right. And like, there's one email that you find that's like, there are certain people in which the mods don't work for them. And like, yeah. the suggestion in the email is like, does that mean that like we are inadvertently creating like a, a different class or caste system in which like some people can get neuromods and become superhumans, and other people are just normal humans like that's like a really interesting idea like i wonder if the game is going to play with that or like go go any deeper with that or will that just be how it often is with these games like super interesting idea that is like a writer never put it shows in, up yeah writer yeah. put it in you know a piece of uh, uh something on a desk because they got to fill thousands of these but it's not actually explored in in the main story like it's far too early for to to judge that but that is a trap that a lot of these games i, I often you know like dishonored does that like dishonored's actual story is not that interesting to me but like a lot of these side stories or suggestions about like what the politics of the world are like ah gosh i wish there was yeah. a little more of that 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Um, and, and I've seen some of that stuff pop back up. And I, basically, I woke up this morning and then played through another level and was like, okay, this stuff is interesting again. Um, but I'm, I'm, I really want more uh, environmental diversity right now. Like that was one of the big things that made Bioshock 1 work. It was like, oh, hey, you're in Rapture. You're in this underwater city. But each new level set feels wildly different. Yeah. And right now, this does not feel that way to me. Uh, and that could totally change. It doesn't have – it definitely has an aesthetic. It definitely feels like, like – um, the return of Art Deco in like the 1960s and 70s, yeah. like 1970 business, like corporate aesthetic is kind of what it feels like. Wood panel, gold on, like you know, gold trim around the 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 doorway, stuff like that, which is cool. I just I it's not super striking to me quite yet, and I really want to get to a level where I'm like, oh shit, I take it all back and and kind something of have like faith. an Atlas statue, kind of uh, like something just, like that, something like not an Atlas. statue. No. That would be not cool. But, but like uh, uh, something like Fort Frolic, something yeah. like – what's the garden area? Arcadia. Arcadia. So we'll see. Also, there's lots of uh, lots of names I recognize in this game. I definitely came across an NPC named Crispin Boyer. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sean Elliott worked on this game. I'm just saying there might be uh, yeah. some EGM alums in this That's game funny. in the background. <laughs> He's so. dead body number seven. It's a Gallegos I ran into. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's <laughs> – the uh, all sorts of lineages. Any other thoughts on this before we move on? Rob, do you have any other questions about Prey? Are you ready to dive in? Oh, God. Like, you basically had me... Look, this is weird. This is kind of... It's a weird fetish thing. But the moment Patrick started talking... <laughs> safe, it's a safe about, space. Like, yeah. It is a safe space. You take junk and you turn it into, like, nanite-type stuff that turns into, like, currency. I was like, oh, yeah. That's that System Shock 2 goodness. So I'm like... I've been waiting for this ship to come in, I think, for, for a good, like, 15 years. And uh, yeah. oh, I, am, yeah. I am so on board with everything I've heard that uh, come Monday I hope, uh, I hope to have beaten the game. Put you guys to shame. Wow, oh. you're gonna do you're oh, gonna boy. do a deep dive. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. That's that's not that's not my life anymore. But it's <laughs> it's it's, it's a, something to aspire to. Yeah. So anything else going on with you guys this week? Played Edith Finch. I like that a lot. What would you think of that? I, I actually loved it. Awesome. Uh, I had a piece just go up a few minutes ago actually about how I feel like it was a good short film festival for for better and for worse. That some uh, story sequences work better than others. But overall, I really enjoyed it because I think it hit more than it missed. Which sequences stood out for you? Well, also, have I, either of you played this yet? Well, yeah, uh, Patrick did. I know. Yeah, yeah I right. Did. Patrick and I talked talk about, about it. A right. Bit. Totally. I won't. I won't say too much. Barbara, I think, of course, is kind of one of the easy ones. I think uh, Lewis, uh, the factory worker, yeah, Lewis, is a pretty, Lewis pretty is good. Really good. Walter, you know, the bunker <laughs> guy. But I also really loved the baby in the bathtub. Yeah, that doesn't sound promising. It's real good. It's an interesting story. Well, nothing story. is promising in this game. Let me put it that way. Right. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it vague. But yeah, I, I really did. I, I used to go to a lot of short film festivals. Sure. It was part of my job when I wrote about movies a lot. And I went to a lot of like queer film festivals and things like that. Uh, so I, I have a, an iron stomach for bad short stories as well. Uh, so maybe that skews things a little. But I actually, I actually really enjoyed the game. I thought it, it cohered nicely. Uh, I could see your criticisms with it for sure. I could see how... You could definitely take this as sort of a twee confection in certain ways. Yeah, um, I, that's but, not my beef with it even. I don't have beef with it. I enjoyed Edith Finch. Sure. The further away I get from it, the more the memorable positive aspects remain in my brain. Yeah. Um, but I do think that you talking about it as an anthology or as like a, a film festival style thing 
is part of what my neg- – not negative takeaway was, but it, it gestures towards why I didn't feel a lot of resolution. And sure. I, I think this is in me more than in the game. I think there should be a place for games and stories that don't resolve themselves clearly. Like I think that I, I defend that. I'd like to tell stories like that a lot. Um, but th- there was something in that game that suggested to me a conclusion was coming that would not answer questions about the family so much as give me an emotional anchor mm-hmm. from which I should leave that game. Um, and And specifically, there are places in the world of that game that are – just out of reach throughout the entire game. And I think it was a very intentional choice not to let you ever reach them. Yeah. But also that felt bad and not good bad. I like feeling good bad. I got you. Everything Austin is saying, though, sounds so perfect for a game about death, though. Like, literally every reaction Austin is having is like, (laughs) man, this game, like, it's sort of unfinished and there's these things you hope to do, but you can't. But that's not, but the the depiction of death in this game is not that. The depiction of death in this game is constantly about hard endings that produce meaning. Constantly. It's always this character died and then that had this effect on this other character. Yeah. The strongest bits about that game for me are seeing a person whose life has been touched by it's, death. It's too clean. It's You're very saying. clean. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then so suddenly it pivots in its final moments to being very messy. And I like that messiness yeah. uh, like in a vacuum or in, in other contexts. It just it, – it left me feeling unfulfilled because it had built me this bridge. And again, maybe a year from now I'll think back on this and I'll be the person defending this sense of messiness. But right now I'm just like, ah, hmm, I wanted to open that door, so to speak. Yeah, like, it's not a door, but yeah. Yeah, I definitely could see that. And I went into it after you you both had a discussion about right. it, kind of knowing, you know, there's going to be some areas. In a way, it feels shallow in certain ways. Like right. the, that cleanliness does feel shallow in certain well, ways. Well, I, I right. actually like the – I could have spent more – I wish the game had spent more time with the character. That's all, actually what I felt. Totally. Like, there is a, sure, sure. Totally. a, there's a, a style of storytelling in which like, you know, like not giving you more time is, is the intention. So you're like left wanting in, in a way that – uh, is 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 helps the story, but I actually felt like you know this game's really tight. It's like a you know two hours, you know Very, a little yeah. more than that maybe if you spend yeah. poking around. But I, I felt uh, that there there was more to mine from these characters that I think could have helped. Like I, I think. The story, the same story, could have been told, but if more time was spent with the characters, I think there there the, there was a pacing issue with how it yeah. gets to its final conclusion. That I think like the same story told with just like a little like stretching it out, not even stretching, but just giving a little more depth and time with yeah. it. I think would have gone a long way to resolving the issues that Austin had with it because I think it's 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 just a little too clean and tight. Like there's there was a little too much editing done to be like. Like boop 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 boop, and then we're out. And it, yeah. I, I came yeah. out of it going like, nah, like you know, rather than like you know, it's when uh, rather than being a movie, I wanted you know a ten episode, you know, a six episode, you know, HBO yeah. miniseries. Miniseries. Like, that's exactly right. That's what I wanted more. Like I didn't get enough time in a way that acted as a negative, as opposed to often it's like I didn't get enough time, but like oh, like I just wanted more. Like that works in a, in a good way. In this case, I wanted. Not necessarily six hours, but I wanted more than two hours, or maybe yeah. less characters that I spent more time with. Like totally. sure. whatever there the are way characters, it, it, it divvied it up. I just, I, I, it, it was there was more to it, and it would have gotten more out of it 
But I and it, it ends up feeling shallow in a way that it could have escaped if it had given you more time with the the world. Totally, character. yeah. Because there are characters that it does spend a lot of time yeah. with, yes. and those sequences are really well developed Fantastic. and yeah. are built around mechanics that are really clever or really great at illustrating something. Uh, Lewis and then especially, Lewis I especially, yeah. I think. I think Barbara to a to a degree. Yes. Barbara didn't hit me as much as it hit you guys, but I still respect it I a really lot. Like, oh like wow, that. okay, this is cool. Yeah. Um, and I think that those ones really stand out. And then again, I mentioned this before, but the sequence of uh, through Sam's life from yes. his what's his Calvin, brother's name? I think Calvin. Is the brother? Calvin yeah. to Sam to Gregory is the order that you get it narratively. And like that whole sequence is a single block works. But then there are other characters like, oh, I picked up a thing. All right, I've gotten their thing. I put it down. And, and like, yeah. ooh, like I get it. There's something cool about the thing I just did, but I wanted a little bit more. Or I wanted to stay in this time era a little bit longer yeah. or, or whatever. So I don't know. Rob, you should play both of these games. You should yeah, play, play Prey, you should play Rob. Edith Finch. I really want to know what you think. Yeah. I, I think what Edith Finch, what spooks me a little bit about Edith Finch is it sounds so much like um, everyone's gone to the rapture in some ways. Oh, um, it's different. Yeah, it's I, different. I, think it's be- I think it's better. I haven't I played it's a lot better, yeah. I yeah, haven't played yeah. everyone go- go- Everyone's Gone to the Rapture, but like just from hearing you guys talk about it over the last couple of years, like it seems like a wildly different thing. Is that okay. right? Wild, yeah. Yes, very just much Because so. when I hear about yeah. the structure, though, the series of vignettes that leave you feeling vaguely unsatisfied, I'm like, oh, man, like that, that became a really frustrating day for me. I don't know if I want to repeat that. No, this it's is a lot more colorful and full of detail in a way that I found very satisfying. Even though certain segments didn't quite live up to other segments. Well, and also, personally. you know, uh, you know, that game is a lot of here's something playing out in front of you. Like, watch yeah. it. And 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 Edith Finch like says, well, what if we incorporate the player into these sequences that normally would be you just watching a scene play out yeah. and makes you part right. of it in a way that uh, I think is 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 really effective. So I don't think you'll you'll have if that was your problem with with uh with Rapture, I don't think you'll have that problem with Finch. Also moves a lot faster. Oh my god, that <laughs> game was so fucking slow. Yeah. Oh. Well, when you've got a soundtrack that good and a lot of English pastoralism to show, you, you can't rush that. Slow. You know? You got to you got to just walk every mind-numbing yard of that village while people are like, "Oh, Sadness, <laughs> like that's that's basically that game. Also, great soundtrack though. Like, not gonna lie, like yeah, yeah. true. That wasn't true. sarcasm. Okay, yes. No, it yeah, it's a, a wonderful soundtrack. No, it's it's okay. a tremendous soundtrack. But like, it's the whole thing. The, the, when it all comes together, in some aspects, it's less than the sum of its parts. We should take a quick trip to the question bucket. So we'll, we'll Rob, get. I need a number because you didn't play any of the games we were going to talk 62? about. 62? I need you to... Li- okay. Wow, that was a... Con- where, did, where did that number come from? I've, I've never heard anyone be as confident about picking episode a number as Rob. Number, right? Oh, it's 62. the episode number. He oh. knew. That's, that adds up to he me. He knew it was up. Uh, this one comes in from Kevin. Um, <clears throat> that news that just dropped about Tabata planning to make story changes in a Final Fantasy fifteen update. I totally get his motivations. If I worked hard to make this big thing, and then when I released it to the wild, people said, yeah, it's good, but this part over here is pretty weak. It would be tough for me to resist the urge to improve it. That said, maybe he should resist. Is it better that everyone have the same experience than to give some people a better one? This is like the this is the question of life in the a way. The question that Prey Kevin. is asking about Neuroma. <laughs> this, is, this is the question that 
every, that America is asking itself every <laughs> yes. day. Do we redistribute yes. the experience? Uh, that's all I want to know. Do people who finish the game already suffer by there being a better version? What if there are more changes made down the road? I think this stuff is part of the bigger discussion about when stories are actually done. It's tough to change other forms of media after they're out there, uh, even though I'm sure many creators would like to. It happens. Let me tell you, the version of the Blue Album, Weezer's Blue Album that existed when that first came out is not the version you buy today. Anyway, um, why, uh, we do see directors director's cuts of movies, which is all along the same line of this. George Lucas changed Star Wars, and that was shitty, but maybe because his changes sucked? Or maybe only because his changes sucked? I really don't know. I guess my question is, do you, do you think this is okay? And if so, when does it stop being okay? Keep it up. Kevin, what is it? What is he saying about the blue album? I, I'm still yeah, I was aware of that. That was me. This is me. What do you was, say? That was uh, uh, Rivers went back in and re-recorded stuff in the in the mid 2000s on the printed versions on the and then reprinted that album. So hold on. and re-released it. So the version yeah, I remember yeah. listening to in like in school is the not the first version cut of that album. Amazon is, like three months ago. Correct. The version of that album that first came out then changed in the mid 2000s. He re-recorded stuff with different takes. See, I thought you were talking about Pinkerton, which was an album I loved when it came out, oh, no. and then now is like extremely creepy to listen to. <laughs> no, that's 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 still you're right about all of yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean literally, this is the thing that this guy is talking about. Kevin is oh. talking about is when a creator goes in and changes something in a piece of media. How do we feel about that? I think they're allowed if they're the creator. <laughs> I mean, no one is saying they're not allowed. I, I guess. Oh, oh, I see. I see. I, I just mean if we're if we're making any kind of moral judgment here. I don't think we're making a moral okay judgment. I think we're we're pondering. We're pondering. We're pondering. Okay. In this specific case, the the impression I got. Now I haven't played this game, so like you you can speak to it more than I can. The impression I got was the the, the section that was changed was really deeply flawed. Like in a lot of ways, a shitty experience. Now I heard some defenses of it as being thematically satisfying it's it's shittiness somehow worked with the themes but like the impression i got was that when you boiled it down it felt like a part of the game that had not really been adequately finished in which case i kind of think this is this isn't this isn't george lucas going back 20 years later and like screwing with the with the masters of uh of, of a new hope this is something else. This is the, someone fixing a Fixing a, a broken thing. Right. That's the thing that's always tough. Like, I, I guess this is like a purely academic debate in that I – of course, people are going to always do this. Like, you, you build a bridge and then you realize, oh, shit, we need more supports. You're going to add more things. And like – Often games are this weird middle ground between monuments and bridges, right? Like they have to serve a function and if they're broken at the functional level, of course the company and the developers are going to try to update that if they can. Um, I think the, the, the middle of the weird, the weird gray zone here is when it is about um, emotional content or, or thematic content or narrative content, stuff that is like intentionally a certain way. I think about the Mass Effect 3 ending here is like the obvious yeah. one, right? Where it's like – I don't know that they sent that to publish. Like, I don't know if they printed those gold discs or they printed that gold disc and thought, like, we're going to change the ending. Like, I think that they <laughs> thought that ending was good. Yeah. Not not the case where, like, sometimes happens in game dev where it's like, this isn't good, but we don't have time to fix it. Bye. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know where my yeah, heart is on Dix, this. Dix of a d- maybe that's their name. What? Maybe what? Chat. Dix, oh. Dix of a Dix of David? I don't know. Uh-huh. D-I-X-A-V-D. We should just keep saying that name. Says, This is someone who now has the funding after the game sold well, so they're allowed even more development time to fill the tail. I I think that speaks directly to that sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah, we're fixing a a problem. But is there a point at which you want your creator to stop fiddling with something? So, I mean, for me, it's not – I don't – 
uh, I don't have a problem with the creator going back and fiddling. Like, I, I, I mean, especially in these days where, like, largely you can you can play a game pre-patch if you want to experience it, you know, in, in right. the way it, w- it was. But I remember being uh, frustrated when the Final Fantasy stuff was announced. And I remember tweeting about this because, like... I'm there's no world where I'm going to go back and play that game so I can experience right. the modified shitty chapter 17 or whatever is the one that they're <laughs> uh that they're changing and adding like cutscenes to like I had I got the shittier experience and so in some ways I'm like <laughs> right. I want everyone to have this shitty experience cuz fuck <laughs> you I don't get to play the past version and like have that version of the game like that it was frustrating to me like I guess the question is like uh if it is a scenario where a game is is rushed out, and Final Fantasy XV was rushed out, in which, like, because I bought the game and played it when it came out, I got a crappier experience because they rushed a game out, as opposed to, like, right. like after the fact going, oh, like, you know what, I didn't think about it that way, or, like, we can tweak this value, or, like, add this, like, line of dialogue, like, like I don't know, like, that, like, it bugs me on a level of, like, well, I got the shittier version of the game because I played it early, and you rushed it out, assholes. Like that's the part that bugs me less so than I'm gonna go and and change it. Like the ending, I, I still think Bioware very poorly handled to the Mass Effect three, and I, I, they yeah. should have stuck to their guns and just said yep. the ending is what the ending is. Like that is it was a really weird thing that they did. I thing. understand why they did yep. it. I just disagree <laughs> with what they should have just stuck with. Like if the ending, people thought the ending sucked. Then the ending sucked. Then the ending sucked. Then the ending sucked. Yeah. And this ties into also with Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2. I think the stronger version of that game had the uh, Shadowbroker DLC in it. Like, that's a better version of that game for sure. Well, and Mass Effect 3 actually ran into this where – Right. It wasn't the Shadowbroker. Citadel. It's the Leviathan. Was that the DLC? No. uh, Citadel or – no, I it's, know it's the one really where you fun go and nice. underwater, yeah. and they explain oh, like a ton of yes, fucking that's right. lore oh, questions shit. about yeah, like that's how the origins of the Mass Effect, like mm-hmm. like where the Reapers came from, like all of that stuff is. Because I'm, I'm, this came up, I remember when Mass Effect Three came out, and I was at Giant Bomb that uh, a bunch of us were disappointed with sort of some of the way things landed and some of the answers. Whereas uh, Brad played the game after all the DLC came out, and <sighs> He, he yeah. felt much more satisfied about the answers because he got the answers. The answers, <laughs> and yeah. so uh-huh. we like had this like really weird like game of the year debate. Was like, well, wh- who's exper- like who's experience? Both experiences are valid. Both right. interpretations of it. Like, our uh, most of us played a game where we didn't get a bunch of like lore answers that we thought we deserved and wanted from the game. Brad played a version of the game where he got that. And it was we didn't know how to. That was a tough thing to reconcile at the time. I remember. Yeah, you could get you could play that game all the way through without Javik. You could play that whole game oh, without that Javik. Would be terrible. Right? I did. Right? How did you I, do that? I, I played that game before any of the stuff was patched. Wrong. I played it in but no, March 2010 or whatever it was. Like, <sighs> I never went back. I don't even know who Javik uh, is, and I like Mass Effect a lot. Javik's a very important person, Rob. He's a Promethean. He's a yeah, Prothean. Prothean. But close enough. Same you know, di- same difference. Same really. goddamn um, Can I read one comment that's pertinent to this? Yeah, please. This feels very good. I like it a lot. It's from Jonix the Man. Uh-huh. If you remaster a game and piece by piece replace every part of it, is it still that game? That is the question. Yeah. There's an answer. So I, I just want to say Hold no, on. no, no, God no, no, it. no. But no, the thing is, when he said that, I was like, this is corny. This is gonna be a ship of Theseus joke. But no, then it's better. But then listen. But then they delivered. It's the known shippable of Theseus. Which Fuck. is very good. I, I blew it. I am so shippable. sorry. 
Jib, yeah. uh, uh-huh. uh, Dixa something. Jonix the, the Man. Uh-huh. Or John Nine the Man, because it could be really And that's good, could be John Nine the Man. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I think it's going to do it for us. The known shippable, if the known shippable, of course, is a bug that developers know about, and they go like, <coughs> they go, eh, we got, we got to finish this game. We know about it. So going to ship this. That's game. That's actually going to be a really useful term, though, for games that like do change over time because it's still, like it, it's the shippable yeah. Theseus issue. Love it. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, briefly, two things. One, if you haven't seen our pilot week stuff yet. Go check that out. You can find that at waypoint.vice.com. You can find all the videos up there if you go and click on the videos button yeah. on the site. Or if you go to youtube.com slash waypointvice. Uh, or check us on social, twitter.com slash waypoint, facebook.com slash waypointvice. The second thing is we are going to do another bonus podcast yeah. soon. Uh, we're still trying to figure out a name. I, I really had in my heart of hearts the name Video Game Book Club because it sounds good to me. And it's also ears. what it is. <laughs> it's also what it is. Known shippable book But club. then I found out that there is there was a, there is now a defunct video game book club podcast, and there's also the game the Game Informer Game Club, I think, which is which has a book in their logo, and I feel yeah. that's gonna be a little too. I don't want to bite their style, um, even though like, I uh, thought of that. Rebel FM also did a video game book club that they might have called yeah. it that years. They maybe called it that. Maybe it's broad enough that we can do it. I don't know. Um, we thought about like the the waypoint like deep dive society or something. That's nice. We're gonna pick a game. We're gonna pick a game and we're gonna dive into it. We're all gonna play through it over it's the a course me- of a meeting of the waypoint deep dive society. <laughs> Get ready. Yeah. Put on your fucking helmets. We're, we're going, going into in. the bucket. Yeah. You know exactly. Um, we're gonna pick a game and we're gonna play through it over the course of the month and we're gonna have an active thread on the new forms, which by the way you can visit by going to forms.waypoint.vice.com or to discourse.zone. Um, those forums are real and good, by the they're way. They're really good. Shout-outs to the mods who are doing an incredible job amazing on the forum. Shout-outs to Danica, who did an amazing job getting the forums up and running. Um, and then uh, we're going to play through that game. We're going to talk about it. And at the end of the month, we're going to get together and have like a big question and answer thing. We're going to do a roundtable around yeah. the game. And the first game – we don't have a name for the show yet, but the first game – Big Boat! Big Binary Bo. Domain. Big Boat! <laughs> Binary Domain, big which Bo. is available – on PC, it's available on Xbox 360. It's available on PS3. I don't think it's back compatible yet, but it's out there. It's in the world. Big Bo. So, uh, so Patrick's Big Bo, excited. Uh, Big Bo's going to be there. I never beat Binary Domain. I started Binary Domain twice. It's a game with robots in it. It's a cyberpunk action shooter. There's a, there's a person named Big Bo in it. That's, Big what I, that's all good. I know. Um, so we're gonna do we're gonna do a roundtable around this game later this month, uh, and so get started. Uh, we're gonna start a, a thread today after this podcast is over, where you can chime in with name suggestions for what the show should be called and thoughts about about Big Bo and yeah. thoughts about binary domain. I got thoughts. some thoughts about Big Bo. <laughs> Keep your spoilers marked, you know, because I know there's a lot that happens in that game. I'm super excited to play through it, and this is gonna be a thing we do every month from now on. So yeah. one more little treat for, as part of Pilot Week. Rob, you look like you had something to say. Oh, I was just looking at screenshots of Binary Domain, and I had lots of questions. And Well, you're oh, going to find concerns. the answers. Always <laughs> good to have both of those things. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. I'm Austin Walker. You can find me at Austin underscore Walker. Danielle, where can people Danielle find you? Danielle R.I. T- Patrick. I can find me at Patrick Kupik. Rob Zachney. At Rob Zachney. 
on Twitter. Shoutouts to Brad. Shoutouts to Tim. Tim Barnes four five one on Twitter. Brad, I keep forgetting what your Twitter is. Brad with two D's underscore Bush. Brad with two D's underscore Bush on Twitter. Thank you for, for producing, both of you. Uh, Shout-outs to Bowen for letting us use his song Miss You off of the EP Pale Machine. You can find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. If you missed our Pilot Week stuff, please go check it out. And then go to the forums and comment. And Tell let us, us know what's it. good and what's bad. So you already know what it is. We're going to catch you in the future. Danielle, what do, what do we say to them at the end We're of the show? say be good or be... No. <laughs> Sorry. Big boat. <laughs> I, we lost it. We lost it. I don't think. Be good or be good at it. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.